Hey, redheads. Molly and I were so excited to talk to you about Ever After that we completely forgot one very important thing. If you would like to support Red All Over for an even bigger, better season two, you can donate directly to the podcast at Venmo.com slash Red All Over. Once again, that's Venmo.com slash Red All Over. And thank you all so much for listening. You are the reason that Red All Over exists. We love you. Don't let the bastards grind you down. I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. We're all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is Red All Over, your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. Woo! We're also all out of Handmaid's Tale. Well, unless you count the opera. Whoa! Whoa! Did you see somebody said that on our Facebook? No, I did not see somebody <laughs> said that on our Facebook somebody page. Somebody pointed out that uh, there was an opera to look at, and then I was like, cool, and they're like, oh, JK, it's in Dutch. I mean, like, you can look at an opera in Dutch. You just can't understand an opera yeah. in Dutch unless you're du- like, I'm actually Dutch. Oh, and Anakin. Just- Anakin is a Dutch name. Oh, yeah. But I don't speak Dutch. Well, zero help then. Yeah. Um, but I'm they, not did, they were nice enough to send us links to like the little clips that have like English subtitles, but. Um, oh man how did i like totally miss that because you don't look at our facebook page as much i don't it's true that's fine you're busy you got a life i do have a life Um, so i guess there's that and there's also a ballet that performed once a long time whoa and you can actually look at there's some of the like clips of that are really neat but uh neither of those are enough to build a whole episode on i don't think i think you can buy the recording of the opera but again if it's in dutch and like i don't care about music like so i mean you know i like i don't like what i like like all the music that i like is like objectively shitty um <laughs> that's a, funny well i mean i used to work at like pandora with a bunch of like oh, hyper like music snobs well, so then i guess the music i like is shitty too. yeah so anyway but like i like like top 40 me too and um musicals so oh, yeah. that's what i there. like and i don't like opera that much no i always hoped that it was something i could get into and it's just it's not it's just not like i just don't care yeah i used to sing like arias when i took voice lessons beautiful yeah yeah i was like do i remember any of them no i don't nope otherwise it's singing a little bit anyway given that the handmaid's (laughs) tale is donezo yeah and we've done pretty much everything we can do yeah and alias grace doesn't start until november right today guess what we're talking about molly ever after the best movie of all time exclamation point totes Uh, absolutely we've been talking about this i feel like since day one (laughs) how much we like this movie this movie is the perfect movie I agree. This is 100% a great movie. Mm-hmm. I have seen it a billion times. Me too. Every time I watch it, I am 100% engaged. I am never bored. Never. I don't like, like, check. I go see a, like a, a new movie, and I'm, like, checking my phone. I'm like, how much fucking really? is this going to be? Yeah, man, I'm not a good person. No. <laughs> um, but this movie, I was just like, oh, like, let it go on. For, this movie is, like, a man. beautiful, delicious bubble bath. It's really great. And it's really, it is long. It's like- it's two hours. I had no. I assumed it was like a ninety-minute, you know. But no, it, there's a lot. A lot happens in this movie. I think it's one. A lot of people get self-actualized. Yeah, it's excellent. It so. is like this is like the best of the '90s. Like that whole sort of like Lilith Fair thing. Oh yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. 
it just like it's very like girl power love it but like in a non-condescending way yeah it's like hey like what if cinderella was dope though i genuinely don't see why they made any other cinderella movies after they made ever after because it is flawless uh profit that's why yeah i know well (laughs) you and me were supposed to go see when it came out the uh cinderella 2015 movie oh were we I invited you and you were all set and then you, you had a show or something. Oh, uh, that sounds so like So I me. went with Diane Hong. <gasps> I love Diane Hong. Yeah. Uh, we had a great time. You guys don't know Diane Hong, but... You should. You should. She's great. Um, but anyway, but we went and <laughs> I was very excited because I love princess movies and Cinderella content is like a brand of content that I've consumed a bunch of and will into I perpetuity. I find that so fascinating because I just like, Cinderella was never my thing. Oh, not me either. You know, I'm a ride or die Belle, Little Mermaid, Pocahontas yeah, yeah, yeah. girl. But I like, I really like the story elements of Cinderella. I like the idea of going from rags to riches and mm-hmm. being able to stick it to the people who were mean to you. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's, that's a, a very life. Scorpio attitude. Well, every now and then I, I dip, I dabble. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, so I've read a bunch. Ella Enchanted is one of my favorite books ever. Yeah, and I just borrowed it from you, I know, so I'm, I'm going to read it. I'm excited, too. But there's a lot of great young adult books that have that. There's um, Just Ella by Margaret Peterson Haddix. There's, um, I've read just a bunch. And then I like this, and there's one other Cinderella thing I really like, but... All this is to But I mean, say. I think that's what I think. I think it's that Rags to Riches archetype that makes it so yeah. unique among princess stories. And because cool. you kind of get that out of Beauty and the Beast, like a uh-huh, little bit. A little. But like looking at something like Sleeping Beauty, like she's already a princess. Right. Like she pretends to be poor. Right. But it's like fine. And I like their element of like scrappiness that this movie does a good job of portraying about that kind of lifestyle. Well, and making this this person because the sort of traditional Cinderella is like, oh, she's just like sweet and nice because her mom was like, be sweet and nice. And this Cinderella is like, hey, I read books uh-huh. and I punch bitches. Love it. Read yeah. books, punch bitches, yeah. 2017. <laughs> well, all that is to say, I think that kind of heart is missing from the 2015 uh, Cinderella. And I think they were just like, if we put beautiful people in beautiful costumes with Disney money, will something come out of it? And it's like, not really. No. And I, you know, we've talked at length about the Beauty and the Beast remake. Which I love. Which you love, but I also felt like it did not have... It had more heart than the Cinderella movie. Yes. I'll uh, say that. Yes. Um, probably because it had Emma Watson, and Oof. she is a perfect goddess. And and what's her name from uh, Downton Abbey is beautiful, because yes. she was Cinderella. Cousin in, Rose, uh, Lily James. That's right. And Rob, Rob Stark. Stark. Yeah. But you know who actually killed it in that version? Was there Rosanna's Xanadu? Pardon? Did you have a stroke? <laughs> what <laughs> no, is that? No, that guy. The guy who was in season two of Game of Thrones, he was like trying to steal the dragons. From Daenerys, the oh, black guy. No, no, no. And he was like tall. And in the book, his name is like Z. It's three yeah, yeah. names that begin with X. Yes. And I always just sort of make them up. You were right. That's not who I'm talking about. The person Kate Blanchett. Like, yes. Kate yep. Blanchett kills everything that she does. So that's Even all. though I feel like she's like an annoying person in real life because she's always telling me to brush my teeth in the shower. And she won't text me back. <laughs> It's so annoying. And it's like, it says red. And I'm like, Kate, you read it. Like, why aren't you? It's pretty annoying. Did you see? (laughs) This is sort of like a hop, skip, and a jump because I'm thinking about Australian women. But... Go on. Nicole Kidman is in the new season of Top of the Lake. I did. And I I was like, 
I had no idea like what the content was going to be. And I'm a little... I still don't. I'm a little bit skeptical. Well, So the concept is that Peggy from Mad Men goes and I think meets her daughter that's the baby that she gave up oh. for adoption. And her adoptive mother is Nicole Kidman. Oh. But also the baby, the adoption baby, like has a, like a skeezy boyfriend who's connected to the crime that huh. okay. uh, Peggy from Mad Men is trying to solve. Okay, I'm kind of into that. But like, I feel like it's like a little bit... I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, is it too close to the original like you don't want to stray too far i mean the original was dumb uh so you are mind. you're dumb you're the dumb one that was great moving on anyway uh, what was Top i saying of anyway, great. so of the cinderella adaptations for screen this is my favorite i love watching it so much mm-hmm. it just makes me so happy mm-hmm. every time when did you first see this okay so i first saw this like right when it came out which the year is 1998 1998 uh-huh. so i would have been 16 okay. or possibly 15 um depending at what point in the year i think it came out in the summer yeah it did come out in the summer because me and my girlfriends would go to the movies like all the time in the summer us too yeah but i remember like i found out about it in ym magazine they had like an ad <laughs> with like temporary tattoos and now, it was like i was like oh my god this is amazing what and, were the tattoos of um it was like wings and like very like That's you know like cool. be yourself like you know very empowering messages and stuff i love it and hearts i think i thought it was like a drew barrymore face because i would get that temporary tattoo today it was not a drew barrymore face on my chest i would get it okay but temporarily 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 okay she wouldn't want me to get a permanent tattoo no she'd be like listen i've made a lot of choices she'd be like i have this really cool flower butterfly tattoo right above my vagine (laughs) even that I wouldn't want you to get so <laughs> so yeah so I mean you know and all of my friends were like in the process we were all in the process of being like hmm um seems like we've been oppressed by men our whole lives <laughs> um but like we couldn't really articulate it because we were all like 16 living in a very conservative part of the country all going to catholic school mm-hmm. so we couldn't really understand what was happening to our mm-hmm. consciousnesses <sighs> But we were like, oh, yeah, like, this is dope. We were like, this seems like relationship goals before relationship goals were a goal. (laughs) Yeah. So we were all like really excited about it. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I was so I was seven or eight or eight or nine, depending on the where the year was. And my grandma took me to see it. And I think she took me and my cousin Aaron to see it, who's slightly younger than me. And Aaron, for whatever reason, had like very sensitive hearing. So she would watch movies with her hands over her wow. ears. And I we I never have delved deeper deeper into that. Why she like that girl in Donnie Darko who wears earmuffs all the time? Yeah. <laughs> Kind of. (laughs) So it was my grandma and my earmuff cousin. And we went and saw it. And I was flabbergasted. I loved it so much. I was like, could not like get out of my brain to talk about it. Because I remember them. You could not possibly make a better movie for young hetero girls. Yeah. It was awesome. And I didn't get any of the nuance when I saw it first like I it was only when I watched it as a teenager that I was like oh that's kind of interesting they were like selling their stuff out of the house and yeah they sold her to a man <laughs> that's kind of fucked up I did get the nuance because I was apparently you much older than older. you <laughs> but I also this was the time in my life where I like watched Siskel and Ebert at the movies religiously <laughs> like that was what was culture in Cincinnati yeah. was like well, do you watch Siskel and Ebert <laughs> Wow. Oh, it's so sad. What a time to be alive. Anyway, uh, I also took a theater criticism class at the Cincinnati Playhouse in the Park and BD. <laughs> I was very cool. But, I mean, 
I wasn't cool, cool at all. Everyone hated me. <laughs> I would have loved you. You are like the kind of girl that I would have really idolized yeah. and did idolize as a as a tot. Yeah, very few people idolized me. Okay. <laughs> until I moved to California. Ah. <laughs> Thanks, West Coast. That's it, redheads. If you're feeling unappreciated, move to California. Eh? <laughs> That's where all the weirdos are loved it for who they for are. It worked for Pete Campbell. Um, <laughs> So I, I remember watching their review of it and them mm-hmm. talking about how amazing Angelica Houston was and how nuanced she made the character of this stepmother who, like, it's like, how did it take to 1998 for us to come up with a Cinderella adaptation where you were uh-huh. like, wow, I never thought about it from the that stepmother's perspective before. Yeah. And like, they don't even spend that much time on it. But they, it's but they, delicious. It's so amazing. Oh my God. The face acting in this face movie. Face acting is so the good. The face acting is so amazingly good. One last thing is I remember... Because movies, when I was little, like, movies used to put me in a trance. Like, I would be so excited would about be them. transported. Exactly. <laughs> but afterwards, I remember dragging my poor cousin and being like, we have to play this right now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was the same. I, uh, we need to do, I need to get this energy out. We gotta I play tried this. To, I tried to produce The Little Mermaid at Easter one year. And my me cousin, too. my cousins all bailed. Me like too. right as we were like about to do it and I was so sad and then my aunt was like, Well what do you want to do? And I was like, I wanna sing the jingle bell song about Batman <laughs> <laughs> So you're like crying and singing. I'm it. like crying and singing Jingle Bells. I know. I was always the Batman spells. <laughs> I was always like the stage director cousin too. I was like, you guys, we have to put together this play. We have an hour. Let's fucking go. Aaron, don't you punk out on me again this time. And, and like all Aaron my- always punked out on you. And she didn't mean to. God bless her. She was like, can I just like have a normal Christmas? Like, no, no, absolutely. Like if you're not performing, who is it for? Who is it for? Exactly. Who is it for? Oh, our- I wonder why we do comedy now. Jeez. <laughs> Shout out to our poor cousins who got dragged into our shenanigans. Mm, they know what they did. <laughs> Oh. oh my goodness i just like where do we even begin with this oh, okay i guess we're gonna be a little fast and loose I, I, I just you i don't know like, you've seen it we've seen it we all know the story i mean the basic points are just cinderella here's an interesting bit of trivia that i got from the imdb trivia uh about this when they show the glass slippers it's actually like a slight mistranslation in the original story and how it became the glass slippers because the word for glass and the word for fur are really close to mm-hmm. each other so i think the original person who made up the story which is charles perot i believe meant that she had shoes with like nice soft fur oh like ermine oh no inside like a a rabbit fur i think and i'm not gonna say the french words because i'm gonna butcher it but it's just like if you heard it slightly wrong you'd be like oh she has glass slippers that's interesting Mm -hmm. and then that just stuck in their head much like face butter sticks in our head yeah uh and so the they shouldn't be that pretty they should be like ugg boots basically (laughs) (laughs) but we both agree that the slippers Uh, in this are were designed by ferragamo who is a very famous designer yeah and i only really know about famous designers from american horror story coven because of when that one lady that was the mom on six feet under gets burned at the stake and she's like balenciaga <laughs> Look, like three bitches just like slap their knees right now. Wow. <laughs> anyway, but like that's so cool. They got like a famous designer to design the shoes. I the love costumes that. in this movie are oof. They're so 
stupid great. They're very, very They're good. so amazing. And you know what is, it's a testament to this movie because I also read the trivia on IMDb and like they were playing fast and loose with like a lot of the like <laughs> historical shit. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, Leonardo da Vinci was dead pretty much by the time Utopia was a thing. So, <laughs> and like Henry VIII hadn't yet like divorced Catherine of Aragon. Like all this There's stuff is all like. all these like anachronistic. And like ask me how much I care. How much do you care? I give zero fucks. Oh, okay. And I am such an asshole about that kind of thing. Uh-huh. I'm like, well, actually, um, eh, 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 this didn't happen until 1598. <laughs> Why is the genie from Aladdin making a Rodney Dangerfield reference? <laughs> he didn't even know Rodney Dangerfield. Like, that is exactly the kind of person I was slash am. Uh, woof. So you can see why no one idolized me. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was very unpleasant. I'm taking it back. <laughs> um, I also would go to sleepovers a lot and be like, I'm not allowed to watch that. Oh my gosh. I would say, I would do that, but on purpose, I would say it very quiet so that no one would listen to me. <laughs> like, I tried. And then I'd try to bring it up in like casual conversation to my mom and be like, Ma'am, I hear Joe's and the Pussycats is a movie that doesn't have very many swears in it. I think we should watch it. And it would be like the very next day I would make her rent it and watch it That's with amazing. me. <laughs> and to be fair, Joe's and the Pussycats is appropriate for your 10-year-old kid. It's so good. Oh, good. So I really like... We said the costumes are excellent. Let's talk about the little babies who act in this movie. Oh, my God. Okay. So these tiny bitches. Tiny, tiny bitches. bitches. Now, I also think, let me start this here. I keep meaning to like say this in my stand-up, but then I don't write my... Look, I'm going through some stuff. I think we should start calling girls tiny bitches, (laughs) and then men would stop oppressing them so much. Are you like talking about like reclaiming the B word? No, I'm just talking about calling girls tiny bitches. <laughs> let's let's refang that word. You know? Like, oh, oh, hey, I wanna like shit all over your dreams. What if it's a tiny bitch though? <laughs> just Don't you, know. you think that people already think girls are tiny bitches though? They don't need the branding? Mm, no, I don't think that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I think they think that girls are tiny brats, which is very whiny. Uh, and but brats- a tiny a tiny bitch is like, hey, quit trampling on my civil rights yeah my body my choice and please brats dolls are the worst their feet pop off they're just too much makeup lollipop head yeah they're not fun i don't like brats okay cool anyway so the um, official position of this podcast is no brats dolls no brats dolls we're a barbie family Don't don't try to bring us any of those fake ass Barbies either. Did you know that I wasn't allowed to start playing with Barbies until I stopped playing with My Little Ponies? You couldn't cross the genres? I don't know why this was a rule, but my mom made this rule. (laughs) That's such a weird rule. Such a weird mom. Well, was it that you had to like get rid of some toys before getting new ones? I think that was part of it. Okay. But I was also like, bitch. Because my Barbies rode my little ponies. Right? And I think I had a Megan because Megan was like their girl. Yeah. Um, I think I might have had a Megan doll. But eventually, I don't know. I can't remember what happened. Huh. Like, I, I, on the other hand, played with Barbies till I was like 12 or 13. I started collecting Barbies as a teen. Like, right, actually, this this time period, like 1998, like right around when uh-huh. Ever After was coming out, I was like collecting Barbies. I can't... I get why you would want to have that but i also like i don't like things in boxes yeah so I, I did apparently and then i actually just got rid of them last year i was like i'm just gonna donate these to goodwill because i don't thanks know thanks for do with telling them. me i would have taken those bitches out of their boxes <sighs> i did not know that you had a thing bt dubs if any of our listeners have the becky barbie which is the barbie in a wheelchair and don't want it i would like it because i always wanted that barbie and my mom wouldn't let me buy it why um, does she hate people in wheelchairs i 
don't know. I think she was worried that I had like a disability <laughs> interest or something. Oh, she thought you were a devotee? Maybe. Because I also <laughs> wanted a, a wheelchair for my American Girl doll and she wouldn't let me get that. So What about I, the hearing aids? Would she let you get the hearing aids? They, I didn't know about that. Mm, what about the girls who have an insulin kit? They have that for American Girl dolls I know. too. And they have an allergy kit now too. They have an EpiPen? Yeah. Oh my God. But you know who they don't have and I'm upset by? No who? Fucking Molly. See, I'm annoyed with you. That because I didn't know about that? I've been knowing about that, yeah. Why? Well, I just... I just assumed you were up on it. I just don't get as much American Girl, like, updates as you would think. Have you been seeing Amy's thing on her page? Amy, my yes. co-podcast. I've been... Yes. Like, she's doing gender swap. I love uh, it. America, and it's literally taking the summary of, like, meet whoever <laughs> and just changing the name and, like, then changing, like, instead of mama, it's papa or, like, oh, vice versa. And I am funny. freaking loving it. <laughs> I'm like, this requires very little skill, but she's really picking those gender swap names. I Agreed. mean, and granted, I mean, she just picked her own gender swap name. So... <laughs> Well, she did. <laughs> She's crushing it. It's true. She's crushing it, girl. Anywho, let's get back on to track. The baby actors in this movie are very good. They're so well. Ca- they're good at acting and they look like their adult counterparts, uh-huh. which I am very in favor of. I love that. Now, shall we talk about the death of the father? Yes, we shall. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw this as an eight-year-old and I did not yet know what a heart attack was. So I was just... I le- I remember leaning over to my grandma and being like, Grandma, who shot him? <laughs> and she's like, his, his heart shot him. Like, no, nobody shot this guy. Just your heart can like die sometimes inside your body. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, dear. <laughs> that seems like a bad idea. See, I knew what a heart attack was from a very young age because my grandfather had like three of them. Oh, no. Yeah. Jeez. Well, well, he didn't take good care of himself. Yeah, so uh, the dad is dead, and I think this is devastating. Oh when- my god! And this movie, like this movie, goes hard in the first couple of scenes here. Oof. It's bananas because, and her dad is on screen for what, like a total of three minutes, and maybe? we love him. He, they do such an amazing job of just immediately establishing the bond between mm-hmm. them. He respects his daughter as like an intellectual equal basically mm-hmm. you know yeah it's like uh in a league of their own when marla hooch's dad is like i raised her like a little boy i didn't know any better <laughs> mister and i'm like ah! again another example oh, of god. 90s feminism r.a.p the 90s oh my um, god i love league of their own anyway we can't start sorry we can't start we'll, can't start. we'll just can't keep start. going can't start anyway i think the thing i like i have come to appreciate most about this movie is how much they humanize the stepmother oh my god because in oh. so she gets to the manor where they all live you know within the first five minutes of the mm-hmm. movie and she's clearly got this sort of like disdain and you right. learn more about this as the movie progresses but she is a member of the nobility i mean obviously her like what is her backstory because they don't get into it she obviously was married to someone yeah and but you know what this is another case of baronesses getting a raw ass deal <laughs> very similar uh eyebrows too the similar eyebrows same attitude anyway but you're right i w- you know what 
this is maybe the adaptation that I haven't seen is I haven't ever seen from the stepmother's perspective. I've read Gregory Maguire's uh, Confessions of an Ugly Stepsister, which is really good. I never read that. I read Wicked and I was like, okay, whatever. Wicked is like, I think the Wicked musical did a good job of being like, you know how the politics part was everyone's favorite part of the book? Oh, just kidding. It wasn't. It was the worst part of the Wicked book. I actually really like that. You know what I hate about the Wicked musical is that they made Fierro hot uh, because Fierro was a winky. But he's still hot in the book. Yeah, but he's not blue in the musical. That's true. You know why? Because you can't trick a man into putting on blue body paint every day (laughs) doing eight shows a week. But women have such a raw deal. They're like, oh, yeah, I will live in green makeup for a couple of years. Anyway, I haven't seen any media from the stepmother's perspective. But if you think about it, it is kind of a raw deal. I mean, she married Cinderella's dad, hopefully for like financial security for her family, which is important. Uh She has two young girls to raise. She goes out into the boonies thinking like, all right, I'll just make this work, I guess. Yes. And then, you know, within months of being married to him, he just dies. And he I think the part that kills me is when she's crying over him is she says, you can't leave me. It's yeah. Like, Shit. You cannot leave me because she's just gotten there. She just got there. She, she doesn't, doesn't know, know the staff. She doesn't know the neighborhood. She doesn't anything. know where like the good coffee shops are. Nothing. She she has two girls yeah. that she's trying to provide for. Now she has to raise this other kid. This stranger. Yeah. And I think too, I like this adaptation because there are some adaptations of Cinderella where her father is still living and yeah. he's, he's just like, okay, whatevs. Yeah. Like you take care of this. Yeah. And she becomes, you know, and he just like, doesn't care. That you see that in Into the Woods, mm-hmm. Cinderella's dad is around, and he's just kind of this like doddering idiot, and yeah. he has no real impact on the story. But in Ella Enchanted, her father is alive, and it's a really interesting dynamic. But we, I'm excited. I'm excited I'm to read it. Really Molly. excited. Oh, oh, and another thing to think about with the stepmother is this: is the second guy that's died on her. Like, yeah. No matter who you are, if two of your husbands died potentially very close to each other that's a sad thing it's traumatizing so it's like it's almost like and maybe this is giving her too much credit that like she is mean as a defense mechanism to get some control back she's got some ptsd going on for sure for sure she has more ptsd than danielle for sure oh yeah 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 yeah. i love with his like last dying oh my gesture this is is he holds danielle's face and not uh the baroness's and Angelica Houston makes such a good point to look at her when this is happening. We get such it a good. It. We get such a good reaction because she. It's almost a double take. She's like, yeah. for real, dude. But I mean, it makes sense. He's of known course. his daughter longer than he's known this Baroness. Yeah, but it's such a beautiful, tiny gesture, and I love it. It's absolutely gorgeous. Oh. And so that kind of brings us to... Well, we haven't even talked about the frame narrative. So the frame narrative is the brothers Grimm show up at this like palace. And I wish thought this lady was the queen, but she's not. She's a grand dame. And I don't know what that means. I don't Nor care. Do I. They just are real fast and loose with who gets to wear crowns back Yeah, then. people get to then. chill. Anyway, they show up. The grand dame is like, hey, bros, been <laughs> reading on your book of fairy tales. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, Except for the little cinder girl. You fucked it up. And they're like, oh, what? Yes. You know, fur, glass, blah, blah, blah. And then so then she pulls out a shoe and is like, this is a glass slipper. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) What would even, what would even that? What would that even be? In those de- like when you just have have somebody with like a, they have a goose and they're just like, they just like, they like, they like pull its neck. (laughs) 
back in the day when you went, I'm surprised we didn't see this in the tennis scene. Back in the day, you just bring a goose to sporting yeah. events. <laughs> when you something cool happens, and then once your goose runs out of horn noises, yeah, you're just, you you're just done. You make Kill it into it. pate. Yeah, easy. Yeah, you just yeah. shove a bunch of food in it, and <laughs> then you eat the liver of it. Fuck up. There's a lot of really good air horn moments in this movie, so I'm just going to keep this handy. Great, cool. <laughs> also, I apologize to everybody. Apparently, Minos has decided to go crazy. Do you want to take a boogie break? I don't know, man. Like, I just don't know what's going on with it. Let's pause. Yeah, let's pause. Blow your nose. We're talking about geese. We just closed the geese loop. It'll be fine. We can start on a new thing. So yeah, so the framing story is her setting the record straight and telling the story of her distant relative, Danielle de Babalach. Yeah, is it like her great-great-grandmother or something like that? I can't remember. You'd think I would, because I have memorized most of this movie. You memorized the good parts. This is just like a, yeah, 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 let's get to it. Also, can we talk about how few Angelica Houston in this movie gifts there are? Very, uh, I would say, discriminatory. It's very disappointing. (laughs) I mean, just how few gifts there are in general. See, women got to band together and make more women-centric gifts. Mm -hmm. Our lack of representation on the internet extends to gifts. And how. I think what is interesting, so from there, once her father dies, she becomes kind of a servant in her own house. And I think what I like about Cinderella stories is a lot of times it's her becoming a servant just under the auspice of her thinking like, if I just help enough, everything will be okay. And so there are some versions where she is explicitly made to be the servant. Uh Uh-huh. But I think more often than not in Cinderella stories, what it is, is is she just decided to take on so much work and they got used to her taking on so much work. I feel like I haven't seen that be the case. Really? In the 2015 one, it's the the case? In this one, it's the case? I can't think of another one where it's the case. I, I always interpreted this one as the stepmother made her do this stuff. No, because she says, all I ask is that you help me. And he said, the father says before he dies, is like, we have to work really hard to make sure that they're settled in. And I just, Right, but I, I really also think, like, I don't know. I think that the Baroness exploits her more than you're thinking that she does. But I think she she does well but she's like she's been a servant in my household like that's a formal relationship yeah but she's she just says that to be a bitch no she really is a servant in that house i know but what i think it started as was it's like can you just help them so much and then she started helping Mm. and then they didn't they didn't help back so she just became like a de but also servant like legally the baroness does not have any obligation to danielle like legally she could just be like bye yeah i get it i just think that it's it's not as du jour as as you're making it sound when you say du jour do you mean like du jour means family (laughs) (laughs) i was like are you saying she's her backdoor lover no i mean coming from behind with the lights down low exactly Oh, okay, so after we do the parrot trap, can we then do Josie and the Pussycat? It's our podcast. We can do whatever I the know. fuck we want. I'm just like, I'm making like a verbal record of sure. the future. Absolutely. What I mean is like D-E space J-U-R-E by law <laughs> versus de facto D-E space F-A-C-T-O, which is kind of like, it just fell into that place. It's not formal. So I, everything in my brain just glazed over when you said that. So cool. Well, cool. Glad we're having this back and forth. 
<laughs> yeah, bitch. How about we start calling you a bitch? Call me a tiny bitch. <laughs> you Call tiny me a tiny bitch. bitch. <laughs> Call me a tiny bitch. Oh, boy. So that, that's not the name of this podcast. The name of this podcast is Wave at the Gate. Yes. <laughs> None of the other names you pitched during this movie. I pitched a bunch of them. She, she would just hear a phrase and be like, oh, that should be the name of our podcast. No. Nice painting. That would be a great one. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, it would. No. Yeah, it would. What was the other one? I feel like it started with a P. I don't even remember. It was so dumb. <laughs> no. You're dumb. It's called Wave at the Gate. Anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. So, Redheads, you can let us know what you think about how she became a servant. But either way, she became a servant. She's outside picking some apps. And then the prince comes looking Fine. Oh, where is my Prince Henry? Like, seriously, Ooh. watching this again, I was like, oh, my God, this is like, forget the beast. <laughs> this no, is, never forget the beast. I mean, I don't forget the beast. <laughs> but like from like, oh, I should like try to have a healthy relationship sometime <laughs> yeah. with a man uh, who's not a secret woman. Um, <laughs> you, uh, you OK? Kel? No, I'm not. I'm really <laughs> okay. not OK. okay. I'm not okay. Right, it's, okay. I, like, I'm cool to do the podcast. OK. I'm not OK. OK. But like, this is my dude. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, what are my requirements? Like, kind of a dick. Um, <laughs> independently wealthy. Yes. Where's a cod piece? Like, Ooh. check, check and double check. I remember being a young lass and seeing this cod piece and being like, oh my God. You know what is so strange? Like, everybody like says that too about like David Bowie and Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. But like, I was never into cod. Like, I just, I don't know. It was more that it was like. Ex- Maybe that's why I was with a secret woman. Because I wasn't enough into codpiece. <laughs> Maybe. I think it was more when I was little, it was like, oh, shoot, they're acknowledging that there's a penis under there. Yeah. That, they're like pointing it out. To be fair, like, I did not know what sex was until I was like, oh, 10 or 11. Me neither. Um, I just had And a- even then, like, it took me a couple of years to, like, understand what internet, like, I just thought you just, like, sat down and were like, well, let, let's do this. Like, I thought it was, like, a business transaction. As did I. Yeah. I also thought every time you had sex, you got pregnant. I thought for a long time that just sleeping in the same bed, and I thought that was, like, I called it illegal sex. Like, that's how I learned. Like, it was, like, blah, 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 illegal sex. And my mom, oh, was, boy. my mom was, like, what do you think that is? I was, like, yeah, you know, like, sucking on people's necks and stuff. What? Oh, my God. Did, did like, the um, more advanced girl in the playground tell you that? No. You just made that up? Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, because the Kelly at my school told me that sex was the fast girl at my <laughs> school. Are you calling me fast? I think you th- call me a fast, tiny bitch. <laughs> Just kidding. The new name of our podcast is Fast Tiny Bitches. <laughs> uh, but the girl who explained sex to me said it was just touching people's privates and their boobs. And that was that was how it happened. Yeah. It was just like, boing, now you're pregnant. I, like, for some reason, now I'm, like, flashing, like, I dream of Jeannie. Like, her doing that, it like, is. thing with, like, the nod. It's like, oh, now you're pregnant. Major, what's his name? Uh, I don't know. But it would be, like, touch someone's boob, touch someone's penis, and... <laughs> <laughs> you're pregnant. <laughs> and anyone who complains about our, like, tone of voice, I would just like to steal a quote from marguerite when she goes i'm not shrill i'm resonant so take that itunes commenters i mean we've been we bit like that's why we're doing we're doing this podcast because i said that like a million months ago perf when we were still watching the handmaid's tale oh man remember the handmaid's tale remember the handmaid's tale y'all there's gonna be more of that i'm excited there's gonna be more handmaid's tale i'm excited is there anything here that you particularly want to talk about about the day that Prince Henry runs away? 
Not like super much, except that like, whoa, like the props department went Ooh. ham on those leaves. <laughs> so because like Prince Henry's running away, he steals their horse. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's been like chucking apples and be like, bitch, don't steal our horse. We're yeah. poor. Yeah. You know, quote unquote poor. Yeah, yeah. Like as nobility. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, he's like trying to leave. He runs into Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> on purpose huh did you on purpose say yeah it like that? i did Sorry. i did so leo de caps is like oh my god they stole my thingy go get it for me it's my life and like prince henry he's an asshole but like deep down he's a good dude he's like oh my god okay fine mm-hmm. so he chases after this gypsy mm-hmm. uh to get this thing back mm-hmm. he gets it he like clearly has jacked up his back he needs to go see the royal chiropractor oh we should also mention the other guy just dies <laughs> apparently like because we see like prince henry like getting <laughs> rained on by these leaves and then just that dude never sh- he's gone no bubbles no nothing <laughs> this guy is dead <laughs> and everybody's like cool thank you for bringing the painting back also well, you, you know, murdered that guy tbf just a gypsy the oh. gypsies haven't been humanized yet oh so he comes back and he gives the guy we don't even know that he's da vinci yet yeah. but he gives him the painting oh shit it's the mona lisa oh, oh. I can't get it fast enough. Yeah, it is the Mona Lisa. It's the Mona Lisa. And we also learned that the Mona Lisa, real facts, yes. is painted on a piece of wood. And this couldn't ever happen. But it it kind of did happen to the sense that, according to IMDb, a.k.a. the most historically accurate site on AKA the internet. A.k.a. basically history itself. Duh. Um, according to IMDb, Da Vinci did carry around the Mona Lisa with him everywhere. That must have been some, like grade a puss i think so <laughs> he must have just loved her i think that's very cute the hey, most i used to carry a picture of orlando bloom around in my wallet so i get it <laughs> as legolas as legolas oh god molly oh, oh molly i branched out don't worry i ended up liking him as like the guy in uh pirates of the caribbean and then one time what I about a- elizabeth town did you love elizabeth town i don't like elizabeth town nobody does oh, you mean Mitch the movie loves the, it. the movie that unleashed the manic pixie dream girl on us <laughs> uh did you read the guy who coined the phrase manic pixie dream girl like apologized for it nah. i was like nathan rabin fuck you like take responsibility yeah. for like one of the greatest tropes of our time <laughs> anyway so i think i found that very sweet thinking about him carrying around this big ass wood <laughs> painting of- well, i mean it's not a huge painting I know it's very it's small, pretty small comparatively speaking yeah. for how large it looms in the social consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So anyway, <laughs> Prince Henry is like, Oh my God, I'm having it. Well, actually his like, his like man, horseman, servant, captain of Rom. Okay. Prince Henry is like, Oh my God, senior da Vinci. You're so smart. My dad sucks. And Da Vinci's like, what the fuck did I just walk into? And Captain of Rom is like, okay, Prince Henry's in an arranged marriage. And also he is like real dumb. And yeah. Prince Henry's like a little annoyed, but also is like clearly true. So he goes back to the palace and father proposes that the way he can get out of his arranged marriage is if he picks a lady to marry within between, like, a, like a month or like a week or something. It's very short. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not like, really enough time to make a a big deal life decision. It's like in the space of a season of the bachelor, like he has to pick <laughs> a lady. So it's, and there's not even a hometown visit. No, zero. I mean, well, there kind of there is, is, but it wasn't like that wasn't the plan. Yeah, exactly. 
And he's talking to his mom later, who is walking through the grounds. <laughs> She's got her wine cup is like wrapped in tall. And we're like, is this like, is this like the, the rich, like royal version of like putting a paper bag around her 40? Like, what? <laughs> Nothing to see here. Just taking my tool for a walk. Definitely not drinking. It's like, it's your house. You don't have to yeah, be covert it's about clear, drinking. Like it's nighttime. It's clearly super fine to be drinking right yeah. now. Yeah. Though, uh, you know, now I really want some drinking tool to just swan around. Well, uh, Christmas is coming. Yes. <laughs> and the air horn goose is getting fat. <laughs> Please do put a penny in our right all over Venmo. You mean the one in the window? The one that's as big as me? <laughs> Every podcast I'm on in eventually gets taken over by air horn i the air horn sound effect has given me so much joy guys do yourself a favor your self-care this week download an app with the air horn sound and just use it in your life i promise you this garbage world will get five bazillion times better hashtag self-care horn hashtag self-care <laughs> we're having so much fun guys so the other thing that's happened at this point so prince henry being a nice asshole has taken the horse that he stole back to the baroness and her kids Mm -hmm. she rolls out and the girls come out and they're like oh wow it's the prince like it's like if justin bieber like showed up at your house right like who's cool now who do zane who do people like (laughs) Zane. I still I still listen to the same shitty bands I listened to in high school. Yeah. I don't know who's neat. I don't know. Uh what who's a young a young man who's in the movies and such? Uh Josh Hutcherson. I don't know. <laughs> I'm out of touch. Redheads, if you know who's cool, please let me know for the love of God. So he shows me, hey, sorry, I stole your horse. Uh also your servant chucking some apples at me good on her and angelica uses like oh she's mute and he's like oh well she was like talking like a bunch because <laughs> he gave her he gave her a bunch of coins which mm-hmm. danielle uses okay we like we can't get because this movie is really dense like it's really a plot dense movie yeah we, we will be like, here for three hours yeah we we're gonna like, skip over some we're stuff. we're at 15 minutes into this movie and we are at 45 minutes Shit, on this guys. podcast we gotta get the let out anyway so she had to go she was like i'm gonna go buy back this servant that we had to like send to the americas to do hard labor because bitch couldn't pay her taxes right and everybody's happy because he's the the husband of one of the of the Rita and Cora of this movie. <laughs> yeah. So that whole plot. Yeah. So anyway, so like Danielle goes to the guy who's like got all the dudes in a cage and she's like, give me that servant to ill-mannered tub of guts, which is one of the best lines in this movie. <laughs> if you want look, if you really want to do it all the time i have to pay attention okay. but like also like we you know pay attention it, it's you know it's fine We're cool. i'm paying attention yeah, to I'm just, yeah. okay i had too much coffee yeah <laughs> so i do like that part i like her outfit it's another fire outfit and speaking Which of she borrowed from her gay best friend right painting master his, is that what you're supposed to get? I don't know. His whole employment, living, family situation, very confusing. Yeah. Because he's a childhood friend of hers. Right. We don't know. Like, does he just... I assumed he worked for them, and then he was talking about working for a different person, and I was confused. But so. I think he is an apprentice to another painter. 
right because he says that later so anyway he i guess has this dress just lying around so he's like here's this dress and these shoes i didn't know that's what you were supposed to get i think so that makes sense anyway so oh that makes perfect sense because i was thinking the one giveaway that da vinci likes about her when he sees her in this outfit is that she's wearing like ugg boots yeah underneath for slippers because she doesn't have fancy shoes because she says the shoes don't fit her so i was confused as to why Mm -hmm. in the end her mother's shoes fit her because i thought that was her mom's dress but you're right it's no from this other guy's house okay perfect here we are anyway speaking of costuming shout out to marguerite's big ass titty brooch (laughs) because they try to wear like a tasteful like little brooch and angelica houston is like doesn't show off them titties though and so they buy a bigger one and sure enough it gets the attention that is like prince henry not made of stone he's a boob man and marguerite is a very beautiful woman yeah and i appreciate that they don't like they don't discount the fact that he you know he'd tap that he would so tap he would so tap that he would he would fuck marguerite yep marry danielle and kill jacqueline whoa yeah he would true uh, but lamborghini mercy marguerite is so thirsty marguerite, I mean, but look she's playing it cool she she, really is. she is butter would not melt in her mouth chocolate would chocolate would but not butter that is a get can we just talk about that real quick that yeah, is a can. gangster move so this whole movie marguerite and angelica houston are really angling hard to get to be to get marguerite to marry the prince which i think is fine it's very and look you know what they almost pull it off they totally you know what i mean like it's the episode of batman the animated series almost got him (laughs) but it's angelica houston and marguerite talking about marrying prince henry absolutely so they do all kinds of like shenanigans to try and get him to to date her and angelica houston has her like insider at the palace is actually toby jones Mm -hmm. uh plays this like page or guard or something like that and he like gives her like tips and helps like do things like get marguerite on the court during you know the french open and um you know so they they've got you know they got some moves but the move that i like the best is after this tennis shenanigans uh they're walking through the farmer's market marguerite and prince henry and prince henry's chocolate bearer apparently (laughs) comes next to him and brings him like some chocolate and he's like you should taste this this would be great and he hands the plate to her so she can help herself and she just opens her mouth and mm-hmm. like sticks her tongue out mm-hmm. so he has to put it in there and he's grossed out but i think that's a sexy ass move it is a sexy ass move but look he's weird yeah he's a weird Plus, dude everyone's hands are dirty as fuck yeah. in this time so you know it's so funny because the first time we see them at the farmer's market i'm like whoa nobody came today <laughs> when they're buying that brooch it's like it's them in like two stalls it's yeah. like what happened that's y'all? what happens when you come at like one two o'clock when everybody's packing up yeah and, and you're like, like oh i would have like given you like half off this like rotting ass fruit but you were yeah. too late well, it's like, how can I sleep in and go to the farmer's market? You Ugh. can't. You have to pick one. It's so hard. Uh, so I think that's a cool move on her part. The other cool, like, husband trapping move that they do is uh, the page that they get to be their friend just brings a necklace that belongs to the queen and uh-huh. tells them to pretend that she dropped it. It's kind of like the equivalent of, like, leaving your jacket at somebody's house after you slept with them. And then you can be like, oh, I have to go get that jacket. Mm-hmm. Oops. So they give it to the queen, and the queen herself is so gangster that she's like, damn, I don't even remember putting on this bling this morning, but I guess I did. Yeah. 
So that was a cool, that was, I think that was a cool crafty thing that they did. Yeah. Oh, this necklace that clearly doesn't have like a clasp. Don't even go with this. Anyway. Whatevs. Anyway. Uh, also, fun fact, that <laughs> is a necklace that Danielle is wearing at the very end of the movie, which I didn't realize until you pointed it out today. I was, I'm happy you gave me credit because as you were starting to say that fact, I was like, <gasps> I said that. You did say that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't originally know that. <laughs> That it's cool. That I is- would never not give you credit, boo. Okay, thank you. Nor would I. So all this happens, and then, like, when Danielle gets home, like, spoiler alert, the prince sees her, like, trying to get her servant back. I have to criticize Danielle here. Why? The prince gave her 20 gold francs to not tell anybody that he, <laughs> that he was stealing her horse. She's like, dope, I have 20 gold francs. I am going to go buy the shit out of this servant. So she goes, and, like, she starts the bidding at 20 gold francs. I'm like, bitch, you have nowhere to go. What if he says no? Secondly... You know that the fucking Baroness did not owe 20 gold francs in her taxes. Like, I don't know what the exchange rate is. Oh, you think that she could have used that to get the family out of debt as well? Yeah. Wow. Or, you know, anything. Just buy yourself, you know, a bomb pop on the way home. Yeah. Like, have a good time. Stop by the sugar factory. Exactly. Everybody should do that when you go to the mall. Yeah. Anyway, but she starts at 20 gold francs and like the guy driving the wagon is like, that's too much for a damn criminal. But he's like, get out of my way. So then uh, the prince is like, oh, what the hell's going on here? So then she quotes Thomas More's Utopia, which is the last book that her father brought her. It's really weird because we just covered Wolf Hall on my other podcast and Thomas More is presented as a total wackadoo. in that and so it's just funny to like to see him here being like oh this guy is great and he has like a lot of cool ideas <laughs> but basically this is the monologue that made me a socialist <laughs> because she says hey you can't be mad at people who are criminals when you like don't educate them or give them the means to support themselves mm-hmm. of course they're gonna steal stiff stiff <laughs> they're gonna steal stiff <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me. So I like that monologue. Prince as well. Henry is like, oh, well, that's cool that you can, that's cool that you can quote Thomas More. Yeah, let that guy go. And then he's like trying to like, because her titty game here is pretty solid as well. Mm-hmm. Like, Drew Barrymore's boob wrangler in this movie. Mm. Who are you? I want to hire you. Yeah. And we just, I just want to take a second to say how stinking beautiful drew barrymore is in everything that she's ever done but man in this in this she is gorgeous and i just love and i've talked about this a lot with amy my ex who i also do my podcast with still like we have always just been amazed because everybody in this movie can like act circles around drew barrymore because drew barrymore's career is based on the fact that she was a very adorable child of like the barrymore dynasty yes right and like her accent in this is ridiculous. She sounds like a like eighty year old British woman. I don't hear it. I love it. Look, it's great. I enjoy it. Uh-huh. I just enjoy making fun of it. But like everybody, like everybody makes her look so good. Every part of this movie makes her look amazing. She makes herself look good. I think I mostly agree with you. Yeah, but I think everybody else in the movie is a better actor than she is. Yeah, but you know, I can't fault her when she's up against like Angelica yeah. Houston. Like, <laughs> Angelica Houston could beat up Meryl Streep, let's be honest. <laughs> In terms of like acting and just physical prowess. Um, I mean, I am not a huge Meryl Streep fan, so I think she's hella overrated. Yeah. People are just sorry for her because her one boyfriend that played Fredo died. Oh my God. Yeah. They're that- not still sorry for her. Yeah, they are. <laughs> no, they're not. That's how this all started. Oh, boy. That and Sophie's Choice. They're oh, like, wow. Geez. 
It's like, you know, she isn't really Sophie, right? Like, she didn't have to make that choice. But I just want it on the record. I love Drew Barrymore. And I also love Abby Jacobson's impression of Drew Barrymore. <gasps> oh, my God. I've never heard it. It's in the, the Broad City episode where she gets her wisdom teeth taken out. And she's... Like and that when she's like super high and she's yeah. like in the store with that like big like in, okay i guess i because i saw that go watch it again okay. she does a really good drew barrymore okay, impression great. but also i just have a feeling that drew barrymore would be very fun to hang out with and is a kind cool lady i agree and i think that her producing partner what's yes. her name nancy jorgensen who is um jimmy fallon's wife right wow there's no accounting for taste <gasps> just yeah. kidding i like jimmy mm-hmm. fallon <laughs> i why does he look like that though he looks like he's a Muppet made out of Play-Doh. I like that. I anyway, do not like it. Off track. I mean, granted, I think all late night hosts like start moving into the uncanny valley. Like, look at Conan O'Brien. He okay, is terrifying. Yeah, that looking. one I get. Like, how long before Stephen Colbert starts looking like Aww. just a terrifying version of his former self? Oh, boy. Well, anyway, Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore is, a delight. is great. And this is her favorite movie that she's ever made. We both learned oh on IMDb. And it is correct. I feel like this is all I would want to talk to her about. If I met her, I would just like... I might talk to her about The Wedding Singer like a little. Oh my God, I love The Wedding Singer. But I would mostly talk about this movie and be like, and remember... I remember when you said this. I remember when you said that. Was your wig itchy? Who did your boobs? Yeah. (laughs) Give me the name of your boob man. So let's just fast forward a little bit. They end up going on like a second date. By accident. When they go to like the monkery. No, 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 no. First, he finds her swimming in the river. Oh, yeah. Because Angelica Houston was going to steal Drew Barrymore's dress to give to Marguerite. And then she walked in to, like, build a fire. And they were like, oh, you're going to wear this to the ball where Prince Henry is going to decide who his wife is. And she's like, oh, shit, I'm poor. I can't believe you're, like, letting me do stuff. Okay, so that's their second date. Their third date is when he finds out where she lives and he takes her to the monkery. And he's, like, so bummed when he finds out that her fake cousin that she's staying with because she's giving him her mother's name and saying that mm-hmm. her name is Nicole Delancre mm-hmm. and not Danielle DeBarbarac. Right. And she says that she's contest and I'm like, was your mom a contest? I think so. I have a lot of questions. This is what I would ask Drew Barrymore. I'd be like, okay, was her mom for real <laughs> as a contest? tell me the etymology and your family tree in Ever After. Anyways, so he takes her to the monkery and the monks are all just like chilling, like monking around. They're monking around, making illuminated texts and fruitcakes and brewing beers and Ugh, all kinds delicious of things. Trappist beers. While he's clearly trying to like get a handy. So, she goes full bell on him. But you know what? It's so cute because he comes to pick her up at her house <laughs> and he's like, hey, I know that you love reading. Like, come hang out at this library with me I and these it. monks. And she's like, oh, it, it is not Ooh. fair. Oof. You have learned my weakness, but I have yet to learn yours. And he's like, oh, I should have thought it was obvious. And it's like, <gasps> <laughs> man, that part where she says that it's just like, <laughs> I was going to say sploosh, which is pretty much the same thing. <laughs> How do we not have a morning zoo radio show? <laughs> we should. Oh my God. You know what? They've never made a morning radio show that isn't horribly misogynist. Yep. I don't think it exists. I don't. Uh, hey, whoever's in charge of the radio, you know, pick us up. We would be great at it. Anyway. Absolutely. I didn't do a good job of selling that. I will work on a pitch <laughs> later. Uh, so she goes on this date to the monkery and she's wearing like a very Kim Kardashian second wedding like headpiece, which I really enjoy. And was that her wedding to Kanye West? No, to Chris Humphreys. Who was she her first wedding? Oh, right. Very briefly, her and 
Courtney both, I think, were married. <gasps> She had like a very like Britney Spears, Jason Alexander uh, first uh, okay. marriage that l- oh, was Brittany. annulled very quickly, I think. But so her second <laughs> wedding to Chris Humphreys. Chris, Chris Jenner was like, no, basically, what are you doing? Basically. Quit using up all of the natural resources, please. So I really like her outfit in this. And- yeah. And she is so passionate about books. And like, it is such a bummer for the prince. He's like, dude, you have all this passion and it. conviction and i am just a rich douchebag but i think everybody needs a girlfriend or boyfriend or friend who makes them care about shit i agree and i like that's what i love about this story what's also amazing about this this is pre-manic pixie dream girl being a thing but they she, that's not who she is in this yeah like she is not about making him a better like she's like i'm just trying to live my life she is a focused mermaid reality lady <laughs> That's the opposite of a manic pixie dream girl is a focused mermaid reality lady. Yeah, she is very reality based. I love it. I think the the part to that point that I most like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean no. to step on your point. But uh, the part of that I most like is at the very end, you know, if this were any other movie, he would have saved her from Pepe Le Pew. But instead, she like very, she like sticks him up and leaves and is happy by herself having escaped the other thing that i love about her is that after all of the drama where Mm -hmm. he finds out that she's not a courtier and like it would be quote-unquote inappropriate for them to be together Mm -hmm. like she's like okay cool she's like you know what i i am not gonna like stick around pining after you like i'm gonna get back to my work when she gets sold to pepe Le Pew, she's like i'm gonna get out of here yeah like she's very like grounded in the present she's like i "I am going to just handle what comes next i love it so much and like you can tell like she had no expectation because i mean he treated her like hot garbage yeah she really lets him off kind of (laughs) easy i agree i really think well but like also like where was she gonna live though you know right like was she gonna go back to the baroness and be like hey i'm free now like oh soup socks the ox the ox so that's their fourth date is when they get captured by the gypsies that's the third date oh this is later in the third that's the same day because they get lost because he decides he decides he's gonna impress her by like dismissing captain of rom and like all of the people he's like i'm just henry today and i'm like but bring a compass though yeah they get lost because he's like i can't believe i can't find my way back to my own castle and And typical man and she says why is it men never ask for directions (laughs) but it's like oh man men are the same but i really like like apparently this is also has historical basis when she's fighting the gypsies and she asks to bring like one thing back and they're yeah like, because <laughs> like they have like captured him and i'm like this seems very unlikely like gypsies gypsies are no fools like they're gonna kill the, the prince like that would be very bad news for them yeah, hold him for ransom oh yeah totally anyway but she's like okay uh i need a horse and my dress back and uh you know bye and mm-hmm. the the gypsy's leader is like, oh, okay, you can take whatever you can carry, which I guess does not extend to a horse. Like you can't yeah. carry a horse. Like horses are very heavy. No, no, no. Don't guys, don't try to carry a horse. Even if you think it's CrossFit, even if you lift from your knees, don't try to carry a horse. <laughs> she picks up the prince and carries him, and legit, that is her doing that. Yeah. I mean, you see both their faces in frame. Like Drew Barrymore had to just suck it up one day and, and yeah. carry this large man and apparently this too has some historical background which yeah there I was also and really this like. was more this was earlier this was in like the straight up middle ages where there was like a castle under siege and they got in and they were like okay uh you're defeated and the dudes were like oh man 
But the women were like, uh, you didn't defeat us. We're getting the hell out of here. And they were like, okay, well, you can take whatever you can carry. And like every single woman like picked up her husband and they were like, bye. That's very nice. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Ladies, let this be a lesson to you. Always date a man that you could carry for a little bit. Yeah. Just (laughs) just to get out of the castle that you obviously live in. And do some drills because that is CrossFit is carrying your loved one. (laughs) That is. So that's cool. They have a party. They get drunk. And they do (gasps) the kind of kissing that I believe was popularized in the 90s, which is like lip sandwich kissing. Oh. Oh, the it's best. A, it's a good kiss. It's, it's a good a ass good kiss. kiss. Oh my and then God. all the gypsies like see them kissing. They're like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> the gypsies invented the air. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had the goose. That was one of the things that they had stolen. Everybody's geese were going off. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is a beautiful time because her, her kiss is so good that it makes him want to start a university. Yeah. So he he has he finally has that sense of purpose he's been wanting. Mm-hmm. He's going to start a university to teach all kinds of people from all around the world. And he's inviting the gypsies to the ball, which is great because if there's one thing I know. Like, he straight up like, wakes his parents up in the middle of the night to tell them this. And I'm like, you're the manic one, yeah. sir. <laughs> this could have waited till breakfast. <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. So in the meantime, Angelica Houston has realized that Danielle is gone. Yeah. And she's Oof. not back. Nobody knows where she is. Leading Marguerite to be like, probably out catching rabbits with her teeth. And I'm like, nobody does that, bitch. Shut up. Actually, I'm starting to read this Clan of the Cave Bear book that you bought me. Oh, yeah? And they do. Oh, they do? Nah, with their of. teeth? Nah. Mm, it just doesn't seem logical. I was just being silly. You're right. <laughs> so anyway, Angelica Houston is like, tell me the second this tiny bitch gets back. And she uses some gorgeous eyebrow acting mm. in this. Just her- Despite the propensity of the 90s to be overplucked, oh, the boy. eyebrow acting in this is Mwah. beautiful oh man each of angelica houston's eyebrows should get an emmy each of them and the tiny- even though this is a movie <laughs> yes the special emmy for eyebrow acting goes to a lifetime achievement award it's a tie <laughs> between both of her eyebrows <laughs> yes agreed I, I stand by that statement i have nothing else to add so then they go into Danielle's room and Danielle is like a lot of us have been in our life super hungover, super tired. And she's I guess in the attic. It's very unclear like where this is right. in their beautiful manor house, mm-hmm. but she's in there and mm-hmm. they're like make us breakfast. I'm like there's two other servants, bro. Like there's a lot of other people who yeah. could do this. They could totally do this. But then it's the she, principle of the thing. They're poking her with a broom <laughs> and they're like and they're like what about our breakfast? And she's like you have two hands. Make it yourself. <laughs> and uh, they get real mad. And, and then they make Jacqueline go boil water. And like that was like, that was her deal. Like before all this happened. And she's like, the next thing you know, I shall be. What did she say? I shall be. Shit. How am I forgetting this? Next thing you know, I shall be sleeping by the fireplace with Danielle. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. She knew what the pecking order was. Absolutely. It's like, maybe don't join in with the oppressor. Like, maybe. Maybe don't. Maybe it's time to start rethinking your alliances. And speaking of rethinking their alliances, the thing that they do to get back at her is they go and they steal her mom's dress for good. And that makes something snap in her. Mm -hmm. And you know how, like, when you've done some real good kissing the night before, you feel invincible? I think that's yeah. what she, she's but like. Also, she's really hungover. She's really hungover, but she's also hulking out on that new dick feeling. <laughs> and as we all have at some point in our life. And so God, she, I miss that feeling. Oof. So she stands up to them and it doesn't end well. 
She punches Marguerite, which is one of the best moments of this movie. Well, because Marguerite, Marguerite goes too far because she's like, these are my mother's things. And Marguerite is like, yes. And she's dead. She walks up, clocks her. Marguerite flies backwards. She doesn't even do like a gentle woman's like slap. She straight up, bam, like closed fist. Oh, she fish hooks her. It's terrible. So they have a little bit of a chase through the house. Danielle has the shoes and Marguerite grabs the copy of Utopia. And she's like, I'm going to throw this in the fireplace. Give me the shoes. So Danielle gives up the shoes and then Marguerite throws the book in the fire anyways. And Danielle's like trying to grab it, but Angelica Houston holds her back and it's very heartbreaking. And she said that, you know, no matter what happened, she's going to get a sound lashing, which we luckily don't see. I know. I don't know why I feel like I remember seeing that, but I'm obviously didn't because it's not in the movie. But I remember being little and crying when she threw her book away because I also loved books and that would have made me really upset. Uh, There's a similar part in Ella Enchanted that will also make you cry. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Um, so yeah, so it's very sad and Jacqueline tends her when she after she's whipped and it's like the first time we see Jacqueline like staunchly on the side of Danielle, uh-huh. which I think is an interesting dynamic too because like you mentioned the pecking order of this family is Mar- the Baroness, Marguerite and then Jacqueline and kind she's of a distant third. Yeah, and they all think- they do is call her fat even though she's not she's even fat. Not fat. Uh, so it was kind of nice. This is the first other than the part where she's trying to charades her to guess that they're talking about the horse earlier. Um, this is a part where you see the alliance that could happen if Jacqueline and Danielle hooked up. They were like, let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, Why don't, don't you and I come by? And it's cool, too, because you see her go through that thought process because she's trying to sort of like tisk tisk Danielle the way the Baroness when you can like hear the Baroness mm-hmm. coming and she's like you really brought this on yourself you know and then she's like but it was pretty dope when you punched Marguerite that yeah. was cool she's like I'm never gonna forget that we can all agree violence solves so many things yes despite the very difficult terrible awful horrible no good very bad day that Danielle has had she has to go meet Henry at the ruins where like I, like whatever i don't know what happened these are also apparently a historical thing but like it used to be a castle and like now it's not like you know yeah entropy whatever so she gets there he's he's like he's like perched up in the window <laughs> he's like reading a book and he's like it's a goosebumps book <laughs> you got me thinking there's probably a book for everyone and this fits me because i'm a boy <laughs> so reader beware <laughs> you're in for a scare uh, could not handle it so he's like man he's like i'm so stoked on this university idea he's I like i feel it. like i'm flying apart and she's like she's puffy like she's clearly been crying she's been if crying. he could put the brakes on his manic episode he would be like what's what's wrong if men would listen to women anytime they'd be he's like, like oh he's like i already listened to you once to start my university so- i'm not gonna listen to you again <laughs> like maybe in 10 years when you say something about our baby but she is crying because she knows she has to break up with and him. also she just got whipped yeah she so just she, got her back torn up and that's we're, we posted a video on the facebook of us crying during, during this because it's sad this is the only part that i cried during on this watch through i had a bunch of i my, i'm like hyper caffeinated right now so like i probably oh. should quit talking shit about prince henry's manic face yeah. because my <laughs> urine smells like starbucks <laughs> oh god 
Well, I am still menstruating. So <laughs> that made me, I was misty this whole movie. And then other kind of misty anytime Prince Henry talked. But, um, oh, I like thinking about that. That sounds better than, than like getting wet. I got misty. You got misty. Girl, like I'm misty. It sounds like you should be like dabbing your vagina with like a lace handkerchief. Oh, you don't do that? <laughs> I prefer silk. Ooh, somebody's fancy. I know. And the part that I think we both mentioned bothered us, but also hurt our hearts, was when he goes to like touch her back as he's kissing her and it hits the parts where she's uh-huh. hurt. Oh, God. And she can't break up with him. She's just like, I guess I'll go to your party. I don't, sorry. She's, she's, no, what she says is, only that last night was the happiest night of my life. And oh my god, because she's like, I'm not lying. Like, that's the thing. And that's the thing why she goes too easy on him at the end. Because it's like, you never like straight up lied to him. Like, yeah, yeah, you kind of did. But like, also, he just made all these assumptions. You know, he just didn't listen. He didn't. Typical man. The next part is very good because it's the Baroness, Marguerite and the Queen having lunch. And and Marie's got a black eye, and black eye. they tell the queen that she saved a baby from a runaway horse, <laughs> like that hoary old chestnut. <laughs> Unlikely. <laughs> they mention the queen mentions uh, Nicole de Lancre, which is the nom de plume that Danielle's been using. But the Baroness, of course, knows that because you always know the name of the lady that your man has dated before you. Yes. So she knew that. <laughs> she wrote that name and like crossed it out several times in her notebook before this. <laughs> so she was like aware <laughs> when she was stealing that dress, like it was written on the tag, like inside. And she like ripped it out. Yeah, yeah. She tries to tip off Marguerite who that is. And Marguerite gets real upset. And she, like, she has like a mini psychotic break. She really does. In front of the dang queen. In front of the queen. She has like a tantrum and then pretends that it's a bee. She's like, there was a bee. And like the queen is like, you are messed up. Like even if it was a bee, like just let it sting you. It's fine. Yeah. Whatever. That's when the jig is up and they know that Danielle has been seducing the prince and kind of stealing their thunder a little bit so when they get home throw it right (laughs) into the refrigerator angelica houston is like oh we know what's going on and then she says what bothers you more stepmother that i am common or that i am competition (laughs) oh hope you had your gooses ready for that one because that's a good ass line but so they she, are like, where is the gown and the, and the shoes? And she's like, bitch, I have been out all day trying to break up with the prince. I don't have time to steal shit. But, but they throw her did. into the fridge anyway. Yep. They and do. then they are like, then Angelica Houston is like, let's go sell some shit. We got to go to the pawn shop again. We got to hit Windsor real quick and get you guys party dresses yes. for tonight. <laughs> so they do that. They get their outfits. Unfortunately, Jacqueline has to be the horse. Like, wasn't there something other than a horse costume oh, they, left? I mean, you gotta figure there was a run, you know, because they were like, okay, look, it's gonna be a Halloween party, and just yeah. the whole kingdom was like, oh shit, oh no. So maybe that's what you're supposed to get is like, there was one cute peacock ma- yeah. mask. I'm putting quotes on mask because, yeah. e- nope, barely anyone wears like a face covering mask. Yeah. They're all like, well, this is like my take on a mask. They're doing like the real like sexy girl at a Halloween party version of a mask. They're like, it's kind of, yeah. Also, Marguerite's black eye 
clears up real fast. Yeah. I don't know if just they put makeup on it, but I don't feel like makeup would have been that good. I think it's you an know? eye transplant. Like, you did not have benefit back then. Yeah. So I don't know how She her got an eye transplant. Eye- I think she just has a brooch somewhere that looks like an eye that she pinned to her face. <laughs> that's that's what happened. So you're right. Her black eye cleared up. Yeah. Also, do they all just like have spirit gum around? Like, how is that sticking to her face? <laughs> you, uh, you don't want to <laughs> You don't want to know what madness. They use. It's like tree sap. Ew. <laughs> or honey. They have yeah. beehives. Oh, they have honey. That's cool. I love that beehive scene. Love it. It made us want to become beekeepers like real bad. There's some really good like busy work b-roll mm-hmm. that they shoot for this movie like with a little pig getting truffles okay before we get into the end game of this movie i realize we skipped like the most important scene which is right after marguerite goes to the tennis match with the marquis de limoges who is so french like all the minor players in this look super french versus all of like the very american and british looking people in all of the speaking roles uh-huh. anyway danielle comes home and like the baroness is like oh hell yeah the prince gave her chocolate. They're basically engaged. Ah, I love this scene. And right. so she's like, oh my gosh, we're going to be in Paris at Christmas and Marguerite's going to be the queen and it's going to be great. And Danielle's just like, okay, great. And this is before things have gotten really hot and heavy between her and the prince. Mm-hmm. So she's just like, okay, whatever. Then we get a lot of backstory from the Baroness. She's like, my mother made me wash my face 20 times a day convinced it was never clean enough I was like number one your mom clearly had ocd possibly right. munchausen's by proxy oh definitely uh, also that's really bad for your skin you would have started overproducing oil and getting hella zits lady i learned that also in ym magazine it's just like how you get like a bunch of zits on your t-zone when you used honey to affix your mask yeah to your face. <laughs> It's like, oh, God. Actually, honey's got antibiotic properties, so okay. it probably wouldn't mess you up too bad. They also didn't have T-zones back then. <laughs> T-zones <laughs> are a recent invention. <laughs> but I think what you're trying to say is that this is a very kind of sweet, bittersweet moment. Between- yeah, because you're like, oh, like you have traumas that we don't know anything about. Yeah. And then, you know, she she has the closest thing to a kind word for Danielle. And she says, you have so much of your father in you. And then Danielle is clearly so starved for any kind of affection. And I mean, the relationship between her and Henry is obviously the centerpiece of this movie. But so much of what we see in this movie is her just wanting Angelica Houston to be a mother to her Mm -hmm. and to give her any kind of feedback. There is a very real alternate timeline where the father lived and she could have had that. She could have absolutely had that. Because I think it's it's the combination of like... The Baroness being traumatized by his sudden death, but also his favoring of Danielle over her. Right. She's acting out this like subconscious like yeah. anger and jealousy. Totally. I would really have loved to see the version of this that's her trying to pimp out all three of her daughters. Because that's, that's yeah. you know, triple prizes. Absolutely. If you can do that. But you're right. I like that the glimmer of affection that she gives her. Mm-hmm. And you can get the really sense that we talk about a little bit with like the aunt lydia janine relationship in handmaid's tale where it's like abuse isn't always abusive abuse can be like you starving it's the carrot and the stick yeah the tiny bits of affection that someone will give you and i think to me this puts a tally squarely in my column of thinking that nobody told her explicitly that she had to be the servant she just wanted so badly to please Mm -hmm. these people that she just took it upon herself to keep doing it because every now and then when she did enough chores, the Baroness would be like, good job, Danielle. And she'd no, be like, see, I'm also, safe for another year. They much of the fact that they have noble blood and she doesn't. So I feel like they would use that to bludgeon her constantly. And be like, well, you're not noble, so you have to be the servant. I think 
I we're think the real answer to. is somewhere in the middle. Okay. Forward Susanna Johnston. I think that's her name. Screenwriter of this movie and also Pocahontas. <gasps> Shut your whore mouth. She did Pocahontas? She did Pocahontas. Pocahontas is one of my favorites. Oh my God. Seriously? Maybe that makes sense why there's also a cliff jumping off scene in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I love cliffs. I love motifs. I love right, leaves. Susanna Johnston, please contact me to read my fan fictions from the point of view of Nakoma. You are such a Nakoma. I'm such a Nakoma. I'm like, get your shit together. Co- we have discussed this yes. because I am all about Cocoa. I'm like, get it. Get Cocoa. God, I love Pocahontas. Uh, anyway, mm, Cocoa. So, sorry, Call what were you, me. What were you going to say before I interrupted you? Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. Oh, but like, I, you know, call us. Tell us what you think, Susanna Johnston sure. or Johnson. Mm. SJ? I feel like we'd probably have like a way higher rate of her calling us if we correctly said her name, but. <laughs> Also, it's like an hour 20 into this. She's been very dedicated. <laughs> She's like, well, they don't get it. <laughs> but it's just, like, I'm just envisioning, like, what, do you, what else do you do when you're like a really successful screenwriter? Because she also wrote Aaron Brockovich. Which I don't like that much. Um, I don't either, but she is one of the very, very, very few women to screenwrite in like an Oscar winning movie. Totally. Like and it's not her fault. I don't like it. It just yeah. wasn't for me. And she only got that gig because she and Aaron Brockovich, the real Aaron Brockovich, had the same chiropractor. Whoa. See, chiropractic is not a quack because... I love chiropractic. It yeah. is the best. I'm into it. I couldn't have gotten through life with these knockers without chiropractic. <laughs> Let's be real. Okay. So anyway, so we've discussed that. Arguably the best scene in the movie. I agree. I agree. That or the one at the, the ruins is so good. Oof. It's so good. It's so brutal. I have to say, though, nothing takes my breath away like the moment that they see her at the ball. Yes, that is also true from the trailers. It makes my blood run cold in mm-hmm. like a pleasant way. That's amazing. I also just like, <sighs> I don't know what I was going to say. I'm so sorry. I keep interrupting. No, you. it's totally fine. It's not. Oh, my God. Did you read that New Yorker article about the all-female Lord of the Flies adaptation? (laughs) When they're like, but who would be here to interrupt us? They looked around. It was true. There was no one. (laughs) Hashtag men are trash. I am Um, sorry, though. Can you think of your point? No, I can't right now. I'm so sorry. Oh, that was what I was going to say. Okay. This movie is so rooted in female emotional truth. Mm -hmm. It is all about... Not that feelings are truth necessarily, but like that people's feelings are valid mm-hmm. and that the actions they take as the result of those feelings are also valid. Yeah. Like this movie does not like you can totally understand. Like I see why the Baroness does what she does. Oh, absolutely. I see why Marguerite having this mother does what she does. Right. And seeing also why she, like everybody in this movie like, oh, I get it. Yeah. I understand. And like the men are painted equally, like they're equally fleshed out characters. Yeah. We don't spend as much time with the king and queen, but like those are clearly people who have had a whole freaking life. Yeah. It's very rich. And I think that is just fantastic. And that's writing. why it's not boring. After all oh. of these times, you get so much out of it still. It's exquisite. It is perfect. It's a really great movie. Thank you, Susanna Johnson and Andy Tennant and that third guy. Thank you, Drew Who Barrymore. probably only did like a very little... <laughs> editing he punched it up he did he punched it up so they find a way to bring da vinci to the house to kind of rescue this yeah well the they only- get gustav her gay friend yeah so this is the only i think this is maybe the only time that she gets rescued in this movie is they just need someone to unhinge the door and make her a costume really how quick. did maurice not know how to take a door off yeah I know. anyway whatever look it comes to one of the greatest lines of the whole thing because da vinci comes in and she's like brah 
we gotta talk uh i have been lying by accident i just wanted to like save this dude and that's it and he's like yeah well look like you're in love with him you should tell him the truth and she's like a bird may love a fish monsieur but where would they live and he says then i shall have to make you wings and the whole family is there and they're like we stole that dress for you bitch because we've been getting accused of thievery this whole time and we haven't stolen a damn thing it's really great and so festival girls take note this is how you do tasteful appliques and glitter on your face (laughs) she compliments them they don't overpower her where did they get those rhinestones from like is there a medieval clairs yes (laughs) i'm sorry it's called ye old clairs you can get your ear pierced, but it's with a sword. It's um, not very pleasant. By the way, I was in a Claire's the other day just for funsicles, and they had a Claire's ad playing in the store, and it said, Claire's, we've pierced over three million ears worldwide. That like, is damn, creepy. That's a lot. I don't know if they're counting sets of ears or like single yeah, ears. Yeah, because I got my ears pierced at Claire's at least three times. Wow. I have five holes in each ear. Wow. Mm-hmm. They're all still open, BT dubs. Wow. Mine close like every day. I have to reopen them. Not mine. I have really resilient scar tissue, apparently. Oh, scar I tissue, like I wish you saw. Sarcasm, <laughs> Mr. Know-it-all. Speaking of 1999. Uh, yeah, but I that's when I go on a date. Like You can tell how much I like you by how many earrings, how many earrings you have. Baseline is two in one ear and one in the other. That's very cool. Yeah, thank you. That's I'm, very, very I'm cool. a very cool lady. I've always thought so. Thank you. And so she comes in this dress that is just showstopper. It's so and good. They have, they have made, they took some, like... I don't know what they made these wings out of. Like, what was just lying around? It was in the the Baroness's, like, Burning Man trunk. They, they <laughs> found four skeins of drinking tool <laughs> to make these wings. And she looks flawless. She like, looks she amazing. She looks so pretty. I, I And again, it. like, we kind of wanted to, like, give her a little shade for, like, not wearing a mask. But, like, Prince Henry did not wear a costume at all. It's his it's party. his party. <laughs> he literally picked the theme for this party. And then was he's like those girls in my Super Sweet 16 who are like, the theme is pink, but I will wear white. So I stand out. Like, yeah, that's what his deal was. So she comes, and honestly, it takes my breath away. It's so beautiful. And then she reminds me to just breathe, which is nice. <gasps> and, uh, and again, because they're like, they're on the verge of the king is like, it's my pleasure to announce. And he's like, oh, this party for Senior Da Vinci, who's not here. Also, my son. <laughs> also, not in costume. Yeah. My son's going to marry. And then Henry stops him. Then he sees that Danielle's in the back. Yeah. And. The Baroness and Marguerite, like, they're, they're like in denial. They're like, we don't know what's going on behind us. We're not going to look. We're not going to look. We're not going to look. Oh, it's but then so they good. look. I think that's another thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, that was also my favorite part of the trailer was hearing Angelica Houston say, well, 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 what have we here? Oh. And it's like her most wicked stepmother moment. Oh, I think that's another very relatable part of the Cinderella mythos is how cool would it be to show up in front of all the people that disliked you looking stupid? Stunning. Yeah, looking flawless. Being so cool and so beautiful. And like, the- I woke up like this. Exactly. Even though you clearly did not. Being so cool and so beautiful that the person you like could only think about you. I think that's a <sighs> fantasy we all have and we all want to happen to us. I'm so depressed. Oh, <laughs> I love you. I, look I know at you, you that love way. Me. I know. But you're not an asshole nope. who's independently financially solvent nope. and also um, like nice to me and stuff. Yeah, and I don't have a penis. Well, I have one in a jar. Um, uh, anyway, we're going to talk about that offline. No, we're not. Where was our goose horn for that? <laughs> anyway, so 
again, the prince does not listen to her when she's like, hold on, right quick. She's like, you, you need, we need to go just pop into a, a cloister somewhere here and be, I need to be like, hey, dude, uh, I'm not who you thought I was. And then he's like, meet my mom. And she's like, no, I can't meet your mom. Too soon. Too soon. And then unfortunately, it all goes crashing down. Yeah. Angelica Houston rips the beautiful wing. She clearly recognized her own drinking tool from her Burning Man <laughs> chest. <laughs> It's my drinking tool. I need that for the playa. <laughs> so she rips her, her ring off. She exposes her as an imposter. And Henry's like, Psh, tell this bitch that she's and not. My only criticism. Like, look, I realize this is a high stakes situation. Right. This has not gone the way that Danielle thought it was going to go. But it's like, don't say I am what she says because she has characterized you as a, as a grasping, devious pretender. Just be like, hey, I um, I'm not grasping. I did not want to marry you. Yeah, I, like sh- this is not what this is about. She should have just been like, "Listen, I ain't saying I'm a gold digger." <laughs> I think, that's- and you know what? I frequently mess with broke people, brokes people, <laughs> neighbors. Yeah, <laughs> that's the trick. Kaylee Quick yes, told me. Yes, neighbors is a good one. He gets mad at her, and she runs away. And then, of course, as Cinderella falls down, yeah, oh. and because Da Vinci has somehow gotten back under his own power. This very old man. He's a renaissance man. They can teleport. <laughs> uh, and she leaves the shoe as Cinderella's are wont to do. And Da Vinci like picks it up. He's like, oh, what a great shoe. Ferragamo? <laughs> <laughs> and so in a sulk and on his huffy uh, bike. Such a pouty butt. He, Prince Henry decides to marry the princess from Spain. And Danielle oh, runs and away. Da Vinci gives him a piece of his mind. And Ooh. he says the only profanity really in the movie, which he like Prince Henry's like, she lied to me. And Da Vinci's like, oh, shit. Which I remember being a coup when I first saw. Yeah. This movie, yeah. And like, because like, Prince Henry's like, don't you sass me? And Da Vinci's like, I'm old as shit. I'm going to sass you as much as I feel like it. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to rain. Yep. So let's just wrap this up. So. Uh, the Baroness is gloating the next day and Danielle really gives it to her. Yeah. But the Baroness gives it right back because Danielle is like, did you ever love me? And the Baroness says, how can anyone love a pebble in their shoe? So it's like the very final straw in her coffin. That's not a phrase. (laughs) It is now. (laughs) You know how you guys podcast is now called the straw in your coffin. (laughs) Uh, so that really is the last bastion of her thinking that potentially she's doing this work yeah. for the Baroness's affection. And it's just, it can't be one. So they find out that Pepe Le Pew has brought all their stuff back, but he's training trade. it for Danielle. Cause he's always had a boner for her. That's yeah. been clear. Also worth noting, Pepe Le Pew is played by Richard O'Brien who wrote and also starred in the Rocky Horror Picture Show as Riff Raff. Son of a bitch. I yeah. didn't know that. Yep. That's him. Gross. He's just been coasting through life on those R-H-S-P-S. R-H-P-S? Look, I'm not good at P-S. that. Picture R-H-P-S. Show. But I said R-H-S-P-S. Oh. Don't worry about me. Literally don't worry about me. I do I'm fine. all the time. I'm really fine. I'm not fine. I'm fine. <laughs> anyway, because all the things that she's been accusing the servants of stealing, uh, she actually has been selling to him on the DL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Danielle's like, oh my God, like you sold me to this monster? And the Baroness is like, bye. Yeah. Yeah. But it turns out terrible for everybody because, as I said before, she ends up sticking it up at knife point mm-hmm. and she saves herself. 
And look, I am all about Pierre Le Pew. I would definitely give him a handy. But then I saw his teeth. His teeth are a deal breaker. Ugh. Yeah. Like floss dudes. Gross. Yeah. Quit putting sugar in your tea. Ew. Back then, they used to put sugar on their teeth and honey on their T-zones. And it was a, it was a simpler <laughs> time. So this is a beautiful, uh, you know, the movie could end here. But it, I like where it ends. I so do, much too. When I love, because she comes out of his like manner and she's like she's like yeah man i did it like i got out right like she's able to really like revel in that and like henry like rides up she's like what are you doing here (laughs) i was uh rescuing you and drew barrymore does excellent tiny face acting here because she is the first time that he knows he has seen her as a peasant Uh imagine the last time you saw someone you were beautiful you had your like wings on you were looking fine and then the next time you saw her she's like morning after like walking out oh she like she needs to brush her hair she's filthy it's great how did she get this dirty in this space of like 12 hours everything is filthy in that man's house (gasps) everything just everything Everything is filthy (laughs) everything is gross when you're pepe le pew so he goes to her he doesn't apologize to her nearly enough no he really he should have gone down on her right in that court I like, I like to think that they had like a schedule she's like here's when you'll have worked off your debt <laughs> boy invest in a snorkel because you're gonna be down there for a long time but then they kiss which is great he puts on the little slipper on her little dirty foot and she cries, which is very sweet. And then the next scene, ooh. So Captain Avram, well, we there was a little scene before. Oh my god! After like their ridiculous fake wedding, like yeah. him and Gabriella of Spain. Oh yeah, we can because she's over that. just like she's like crying her eyes out mm-hmm. and just saying "por favor, no por favor." Like all, and I'm like, okay. And so like she's like pointing, and there's some like homely ass dude. And she's like, "Don't they have dollar biblioteca?" They only had like four Spanish words they could afford in this movie. So. He's like, you know what? Good point, Gabriella. So he gives her a kiss on the cheek, and then she runs over to Ugo, who we assume has a great dick. And a great sense of humor. But anyway, she's very happy. The king and queen of Spain are there, and they're yelling at each other, saying, es tu culpa! (laughs) And then the king and queen have a little moment. They're like, oh man, at least we're not mad. Like, Which is very cute. Yeah, it's very cute. That's another instance of them giving some human qualities yeah. they're not just props the yeah. king and queen they're real people anyway. and so like henry like goes out the side and like jacqueline is out there with captain of because they're trying to get another handy in before this wedding is over mm-hmm. and they, they that's how he finds out like where danielle is and mm-hmm. somebody says tell no one we have spoken for all shall reveal itself in due course and they cut away before you can see everybody just Bidding, laughing because it's so ridiculous. Well, that's really funny that he goes in with these very gallant kind of illusions of how he's going to save her. And she's just like, nah, I put a knife to his throat and I threatened to cut his dick off. Yeah. And here I am. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they call Marguerite and the Baroness to the castle with some news. And the Baroness automatically ex- assumes that well and they've been assuming like clearly they couldn't announce anything because the prince was distraught but like clearly like they're gonna be like oh marguerite like come on like get, get in here. here girl and they even said that they jacqueline pretends that the prince said like i should have married your sister so they get all dolled up they put on their titty brooches and they go <laughs> they go to court titties a blazing brooches a broaching they get in there and just going in dry the king is like did you lie to the queen and like like, this is like this is like the equivalent of like getting al capone on tax evasion it's like the baroness (laughs) has done way worse shit 
Actually, it reminded me, and spoilers for the next two, one minute for the last episode of Game of Thrones. Have you turned it off? Cool. This reminded me of the part in the last episode of Game of Thrones yeah. where they're like, Sansa's like, and we're going to accuse Littlefinger. And he does that like double take. You mean Littlefinger? Little, Whittlefinger? Littlefinger? Anyway. And that's an inside joke that you guys don't know anything about. You can start listening again now. Anyway, <laughs> it reminds me of that part. The Baroness really tries to backpedal. And I think they shouldn't have been super mad. <laughs> no, because look, if you're going to let Danielle marry him for basically telling the exact same lie. Yeah. Like, that's not fair. And it's like, honestly, this is a very uh, you make thieves and punish them sort of situation. Because yeah, if you have true. these landed elites who like their biggest goal is to become higher nobility. And yeah. then you're like, don't try to become higher nobility. So they got kind of a raw deal here. If anything, be mad. Be like, hey, did you beat the shit out of one of your servants? Yeah. That's not Well, that okay. was totally legal, man. Then they shouldn't have got what they got then. Regardless. So they're like going to ship them off to the Americas. Oh, and Marguerite tries yeah. to cover her ass. Which is great. And, and you know, we get a little like moment because the king is like, good heavens. Are they always like this. And Jacqueline is like, Wes, your majesty. And then man. she gets a sick burn in because the Baroness is like, uh, I'd hate to think you had anything to do with this. And then Jacqueline is like, course not, mother. I'm only here for the food. And we have not spent nearly enough time praising Melanie Linsky's performance Man, and in she, this. She, she is so great. Only went on to do awesome things. She's yes. in Two and a Half Men. She is in a couple of other great stuff that's flying out of my mind right now. I know, right? Like, what's the, She plays a bride in some movie mm-hmm. that I'm like totally blanking on. Yes, but she's excellent. She's a great actress and like, a beautiful It's a movie lady. that wasn't Rachel getting married, but like it was kind of like that. I don't know. It is kind of like that. I don't know. Anyway, then, and they're like, will anyone speak for them? And they are really trying to get their hashtag fake friends to And then, like, there's nobody them. that they recognize there, apparently, except for, like, alt-you, drag queen Angelica Houston. <laughs> and it's so, but, like, this is, like, no, this is the most bizarre thing in all of, like, cinema history to me. It's like, why is this person here? Like, this is weird. <laughs> it was a little Where they weird. just like, oh, look at this man who looks like Angelica Houston. Perfect. <laughs> And then, and like that person was not going to speak for her. No, no, no. She was like, "You stole my face, bitch." <laughs> she goes, "It's strawberry alarm clock to you." <laughs> <laughs> and then Danielle comes out in a cool ass crown. And the only good crown in this scene, by the way, Prince Henry's crown is stupid. Prince Henry's crown is straight up Whopper Junior Burger King crown. <laughs> not cute. Anyway, it clashes with its codpiece, and so she says. Like, I'll protect them as long as they live. And the Baroness does some bitchin' eyebrow acting and is like, and how long might that be? And she says, oh, another fire All I ask, your majesty, is that you bestow the same kindness upon them as they have always bestowed upon me. (laughs) And then... Smash cut. (laughs) Smash cut. They're in the laundry room. With, some, with a proto Handmaid's Tale aunt, yes, who is like, "Here's your works," and then like, there's some banter, and they get thrown into a vat of dye, and everybody's laughing. But dye is poison. They like definitely have cancer at the end <laughs> like, of this movie. And, like, I'm like, how are your eyes not like cauterized shut right now? It took this a dark insane. turn. <laughs> like literally, it, they it are really purple did. now. And then we have. The unveiling of Da Vinci's final painting. Which is based on the actual Da Vinci painting, The Head of a Woman, which is not a great title, Da Vinci. (laughs) Uh, Some shit. Uh, Head of a Woman. I don't care. (laughs) Whatever. 
I'm oh, busy. Yes, P.S. Remember when you said that he wasn't dressed in a costume for the mask? He yeah. was actually. It was the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. You're welcome. Very funny. And so they're on a double date with Jacqueline and Jacqueline's boyfriend, which is cute. And, and like the whole squad is there. Like Gustav is in there. Mm-hmm. Rita and Cora and mm-hmm. Maurice are there. And he says, and we're supposed to live happily ever after and she's like who says that and he goes i just made that up yeah so silly so he made that up historically accurate and basically the end of the movie yeah and so the the brothers grim go because like and you see like in the beginning of the movie in this frame narrative they're like oh like we thought you just wanted us to sign a book for you like are we gonna be here for a while (laughs) we're gonna need some water and some snacks yeah like we we had other shit going on today yeah we have like a four o'clock that we have to get to (laughs) but i guess we'll i guess we'll talk to you so yeah, so that's the end of the movie, and gosh, it is wonderful. It's beautiful. It holds the heck up. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion of it that's almost as long as the movie itself. Don't care. Don't care. It's our podcast. It's delightful. So going forward, we've talked a little bit about it on the Facebook page, but we're going to try to figure out a way to cover Alias Grace, because that's another Atwoodian property that we can cover that's not in Dutch. But, uh, <laughs> and we'll probably do a, a couple more of these fun little movie things. If you guys like this, if you don't like it, we'll just, I don't know, watch movies as friends. <laughs> Why? Molly. And not create content. Oh my God. Anyway. You know, creating content is my only jam. <laughs> Well, to that end, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash read all over. You can find Kelly on Twitter at Kelly Anakin. And you can find Molly on Twitter at Sirius Molly. And as always, uh, Nolite Tebastardes Carburum Durum. Dum, 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 You're fired. Uh, I'm sending you to the Americas.